0: What's up, and welcome to the single player experience. I'm your host Sebastian Malden, and today I'm joined by my very special guest, King Phoenix Four Four Three. King Phoenix is a renowned gaming streamer, a voice in the games industry, and a dope overall nerd. Today, King Phoenix and I are going to be talking about some of his favorite games of 2022. We're going to be talking about why diversity matters in video games, and he's going to give some of the recommendations for games he thinks you should check out. We got all this and more coming right at you on this episode of the Single Player Experience. DJ, start the intro. This is the Single Player Experience, the podcast that helps single player gamers manage their video game backlog. I'm your host, Sebastian Malden, and my main quest is to help you manage your ever-growing video game backlog by letting you know which single player games are worth your time and money so that you can have the best single player experience. Now, without further ado, let's start the show. DJ, cut the beat. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, like I said in the intro, we have a very special guest with us today. He's an insanely talented streamer. He is an Elgato partner. He is a just overall dope person that you should know in video games right now. Absolutely killing it. This is the one, the only Phoenix443.
1: (laughs) Phoenix, how you doing? Hello, I am good. That was very way more gracious than I would have given myself, but thank you for that <laughs> fantastic intro, by the way.
0: No, you're all good, you're all good. So for the people who may not know you, can you introduce yourself to the
1: audience? Sure, I am Phoenix. I have been doing work within the gaming industry since 2008. I want to say over the past couple of years, I guess that hard work has kind of paid off. I would assume, you know, streaming is definitely something that I absolutely love. And making sure that representation is always prevalent in anything that I do. So that's a piece about, I guess, who I am. Okay, that's what's up. That's what's up. So
0: I got a couple of icebreaker questions before we really get into the topics of the show, so to speak. You know, nothing major, nothing major. We're going to ask you probably the hardest question video game video gamers get asked or can get asked at this point. And then we're going to ask you a softball question. Are you ready for these? I'll bring it on. All right, so for the hardest question, we'll start with the, the hard one first. What are your top five games of all time? Oh, that's easy.
1: Bioshock, the original one, okay. I would say Halo. That's where it gets muddy. I would probably say Halo 2. Then I would 100% say GoldenEye. You'd be remiss to not bring that up. Super Mario World 3 or Super Mario Brothers 3. And then I would probably Batman Arkham Knight. Oh. Is it Arkham Knight, the last one? The last one's Arkham Knight, where... Yes.
0: Yeah, no spoilers, but yeah, the last one's Arkham Knight. Yes, I would say those are my top five. Okay, okay. And you know, I never really hear Arkham Knight over like Arkham Asylum or Arkham City. So that, that one got me off guard a little bit.
1: Without spoiling it, even though the game is old at this point. <laughs> It was just the way that it just wrapped that story up. It wrapped the story mm-hmm. up. I think Rocksteady put a nice bow on it to kind of conclude the trilogy. Of course, the first one was great, I guess, because of the engine with the 360 and the PS3. They couldn't really open it up like they wanted to. And then the architecture of the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One, mm-hmm. um, they were able to open it up and fine tune, do the things that they needed to do. So to me, it was kind of the first time you're playing a Batman game that is truly... I don't want to say open world, but open world esque, and you got to drive the Batmobile, like yeah, for sure, for sure,
0: man. I that for I will never forget that first time calling the Batmobile like remotely, and it just coming up, and you just like smooth as butter, just jump into that thing and keep moving without even stopping. I was like, oh, this is this is Nick Gen. Like I yeah. remember at that time feeling like,
1: oh, this is revolutionary right here. And then obviously the legendary Kevin Conroy just voicing it. You get you had you a. Hamill throughout the trilogy, mm-hmm. so it's I loved it. Amazing game, yeah. So, side question is: Is Batman
0: your favorite superhero of all time?
1: No, my no. favorite Batman's my favorite DC hero because I think DC is very subpar mm-hmm. in my personal opinion. I would say my favorite hero would be Iron Heart and Iron Man. Okay, I much respect to that. So, you're looking forward to a reread show coming up. Oh, very much. I know a little too much about it, but, you know,
0: things. Mm -hmm. I feel you, I feel you. So let's talk about the other other get-to-know-you type of question, the other icebreaker question. If Kirby absorbed you, if he
1: just sucked you up, what kind of powers would he get? The powers of the Scarlet Witch. (laughs) (laughs) I always joke with people and say Dr. Strange's Multiverse of Madness is a documentary about me because literally I... I love Wanda like even I think Elizabeth Olsen or Wanda Vision made me fall in love with the cinematic version of that character being able to have someone literally control the fabric of reality like think about what type of world you would create and yeah that that would be very interesting to see what type of world you would be able to create that's that <laughs> that, that, that just mind boggles me sometimes I feel you, I feel you. Not the powers of a streamer or anything like that? You know, no. I always keep it, I always keep it comic book related. I, wouldn't, okay. I definitely wouldn't say the powers of a streamer. I, I wouldn't say that at all. <laughs> okay, okay. So I think
0: my, my next question, talk about your origin story for a second. What inspired you to start streaming?
1: So I want to say this, oh gosh, when was this? When Mixer was around. Okay. I want to say it was 2008? maybe. I didn't have a gaming PC. I didn't have none of that. So I was streaming off of my Xbox. And I would just casually do it. And my best friend was like, you should do this full time. You know, you can, you have the personality and you have this. And I'm just like, all right. I've never wanted to take compliments. Like people were like, oh, whatever. And I'm like, okay, cool. But when he kind of said it and I started actively doing it, it, I was like, oh, this feels good. And then 20... 19 or 2020, he, for my birthday, built me a gaming PC rig. And ever since then, it was game on. Like, I I love getting in front of my community or anybody that wants to jump in the channel and just having fun. Like, the weird thing is, whenever we do subathons, and I probably shouldn't really say this part, but for every what five subs, we do a double shot of either tequila or a bourbon on stream. Oh, okay. I absolutely hate it the next day because I remember one time we were streaming one of my mods, uh, saintly priest is what he goes by. Uh, I want to say in the first five minutes, gifted like a hundred subs, and I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, well, we're going to cap this at this point and we're just going to pace ourselves throughout the evening. But it's fun. I, I I love my community. I love the fact that they show up and support and I don't do it for rewards or anything like that. I've always wanted to be the representation that I wish I saw growing up, if that makes sense. So, yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, side note, what, what type of tequila and whiskey we're we talking here? You know, I'm a Jack Daniels person. OK. Do you Honey mix or just favorite? straight up? Straight up. Oh, gosh. Okay. Straight up Honey Jack. Regular Jack? I can't do regular Jack. But tequila, Taramana. Love Taramana. And if I had to go over that Michael Jordan's tequila, I think it's called Sincaro. Mm-hmm. That's something I break out when it's a celebration. It's like $100 a bottle. Mm-hmm. But that's the best tequila I've ever had in my life. Oh, wow. I got to try it then. I've, I never actually dove in and actually tried
0: it, but I'll have to take that step. But but let's let's talk about video games let's swing mm-hmm. back to video games here so 2022 has been a wild year for video games we had some yeah we've had some delays here and there we've had some that got pushed to 2023 we've also had some Banger top tier games to where you kind of could tell where at least the industry's game of the year's conversation was leading not necessarily what was going to win game of the year but we also had a lot of good indie representation. What was some of the 2022 games that really stood out to you personally? Indie
1: or AAA? Either one. Let's start indie though. Indie games. And this is the magic of Xbox Game Pass. I hate to sound like a, you know, an advertisement, but <laughs> you know, I I love Game Pass because there there's no way I would have tried a game like Donut Country, mm-hmm. Vampire Survival, High on Life is an amazing game. I don't know if I would have personally bought the game, so I tried it on Game Pass and absolutely loved the game. So I would say my top indie games, I think Donut Country was probably my top and Vampire Survival. Those two take a tie for the top. <laughs> all thanks to Game Pass, right? Oh yeah, um, for sure. And then I would say my favorite AAA game this year, hands down, would be God of War Ragnarok. Okay. I made it a mission to beat that game in a week. and I absolutely love it. Now I want to replay it on New Game Plus whenever they decide to drop that. But yeah, I would say those three games. Oh, I respect that. I'm I'm like you.
0: I fell in love with God of War. I absolutely love that game. I feel like everything in that game has weight. Like everything feels like it matters and the emotional moments like, I rarely cry in video games, but that is a game that had me in tears at at like a part where him and Atreus are both sitting down, you know, like kind of towards the middle end kind of part where they're Mm -hmm. just talking. I'm like, it kind of got to me. I was like, I kind of teared up. And that's something that I really hadn't felt in video games probably since The Last of Us. You know, I really enjoyed that game as well. As you can probably guess, I'm big into narrative based games at this point. We know what your top indie games and your top game of the year are. Did you have any other games that really gra- you really gravitated to over the course of the year?
1: I would say Phasmophobia. That game, my friends and I, we, we'll just play it just to have fun and reconnect and hear each other scream left and right because it's a paranormal type game. But other than that, I don't think anything else stands out. And I'm probably missing something, but I don't think anything stands out. And the only reason I say that is because this is probably a year where people in the industry started going back to work in office, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't really expect anything to majorly hit um, that really shows off, let's say, next gen hardware, the, you know, things like that until next year. So a lot of things that got pushed out made sense. So I I don't think think anything outside of what I said really stood out to me in, in terms of gaming. And what was your most streamed game this year? Probably was it Dead by Daylight? It was probably Dead by Daylight. Okay, I did enjoy that game, but um, it's extremely unbalanced now, and I kind—I don't play it anymore. So, okay, okay. So, what
0: what can we expect you to be streaming in the next couple of weeks? That's Ooh. not embargoed.
1: <laughs> no, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, that's not embargoed <laughs> for sure. I had to purpose um, that. I would say Callisto Protocol probably. Okay. And probably high on life until the first half of the year breaks out with Starfield and there's something coming out in February that I'm really... Hogwarts Legacy. I would definitely say the Dead Space remake. That was one of my favorite games out of the 360 generation. Mm -hmm. So you'll hear me preface it with like, if you hear me say, oh, the 360 generation, the Xbox One, that's because that's like the lead platform I play. So Yeah, so as an Xbox
0: primary gamer, like, have you felt like The lack of first-party games, have you felt the weight of that like over the last couple of years, or has that not really bothered you because of Game Pass?
1: It hasn't really bothered me, only because I'm a multi-console owner, Mm -hmm. where I do have a Switch, a PS5, a gaming PC, and an Xbox, so I have different things to play in other areas. But for the person who is a single console owner, no matter the platform, I can understand the, the issues and why people are like, hey, you know, we don't really have these big AAA titles. We, you have all these studios and things like that. And I get that. And I guess in a roundabout way, 2023 has to be a year where Xbox shows up and shows out. We know we have Starfield. We know we have Redfall. Hellblade 2 should be on the horizon. And I'm probably able. Missing you know, Fable is
0: has been a lot uh, like announced. We had Indiana Jones that's been announced. Um, Forza Motorsport, you know, is supposed to be coming pretty soon. Uh, they, they've they announced a lot of things, and we've, you uh, know, State of Decay is another one that, you know, mm-hmm. was announced uh, semi-recently, and we haven't really gotten a lot of information outside of um Starfield
1: and Redfall. I think if I were a betting man, I think it would be crucial for Xbox to kind of do what they did when they launched the Xbox One, where they had their own event going into E3, -hmm. where they got this out of the way now. So then when we hit E3 or Summer Games Fest, whatever that looks like, you're able to talk about and really dive into what's coming this holiday. Everyone likes to compare Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo. Nintendo can afford to do different Nintendo Directs throughout the year. PlayStation can do State of Plays, when it comes to Xbox, for me, I'm of the adage, or the mindset, rather, that don't show me anything unless it's ready. I understand the marketing, that there's a machine behind all of this. Um, and this goes with anything. I would prefer me in a perfect world. If it's not ready to ship in six months, I don't need to know about it. Absolutely. You can throw me a teaser, sure. But if it's not ready to launch in six months, I don't need to know about it. Absolutely. And that's across the board, not just one platform. Mm-hmm. I feel you. Like you were kind
0: of alluding to earlier, though, this does kind of feel like a make or break year for Xbox in the sense that, you know, like, a lot of people have been starving, absolutely starving for first party content outside of from Xbox Studios. And we haven't gotten that outside of Halo Infinite, which, you know, has its own set of issues right now. It's still a solid game. It's just Mm -hmm. the content kind of feels like it hasn't been there with the season pass issue. And then, you had Forza, um, Forza Horizon 5, which kind of felt like it was really coming strong out of the gate, but there's not really a lot of public chatter about that game now. So it really feels like, you know, like they need to come out of the gate swinging with Redfall and with Starfield, especially Especially Starfield, considering that's a Bethesda title and you have to kind of show off why you paid a billion plus dollars for a studio
1: like that, you know? But I also think, it's an issue across the industry because mm. if you move your mindset to PlayStation, okay. My issue necessarily with PlayStation is I bought a PS five to play full price title remakes. So to me, that's an issue where I don't want to play $70 remakes. I don't like you re-release last. of wish you re-release this, you re-release that. Then you drop in Let's say a ratchet and clank. You drop in a god of war. To me, I'm on a next gen console. If again, perfect world, mm-hmm. I really wish Sony would have done. I guess what Xbox did with smart delivery, where it's like you're still able to play your previous title games on new hardware without telling I'm me I have buy? to buy. Mm -hmm. Right, or PlayStation Plus Essentials or whatever that program is. like To me, when I see it, and I could be ignorant, but when I see it, I see you charging me to play backwards compatible games. And if that's the case, then you can count me out. I'll just stay with regular PlayStation Plus and get the monthly free thing. Mm -hmm. But I think it's an issue across the industry where, yes, we do have God of War, and that's a fantastic game. We did get Ratchet & Clank Spider-Man's Coming. Horizon Um, Forbidden West. Wasn't a fan of that game. Oh, wow. I absolutely hated that game. Um, I want to say within the first two to three hours, I turned that game right off and deleted it. Were you a fan of the first one? I enjoyed the first one, but it wasn't like, it wasn't anything that I would have been like, oh my God, this this is the game that showcases this platform. This is it. Like when Uncharted came out and you saw that this game took advantage of the PS3, I felt like, Horizon. I was like, okay, this is this is a cute game until something else comes out for me to play. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So the Horizon series really doesn't speak to you very well,
0: not in the slightest. No, I gotcha, I gotcha. I can respect that. It's um, you know, like I PlayStation has come out of the gate strong though. I mean, like you were saying that you had Ghost of Tsushima, you had um, Ghost of Tsushima, you had Death Stranding. Which, for better or for worse, whether you like it or not, well, at least at least it was there. I personally didn't didn't connect with Death Stranding as much as a lot of people do, and I'd much prefer Kojima to go back and work on something more akin to Metal Gear Solid or something of that nature. But I'd agree, it's Perfect World. We're not in it, but but yeah, it's. It's one of those things to where I, you know, I do think there is an issue with remaking older titles versus that smart delivery system that does seem very customer friendly and that does seem very gamer friendly. And it does seem more consumer focused of like, or money grubbing focused to where like, hey, we really want to just give you maybe like five new features, but we want to charge you for a completely new game. So I I completely get the discourse for, for that.
1: Yeah, I think, and I am such a fan of Sean Layton, the former mm-hmm. CEO, president of PlayStation. I think he had the right business mindset. And I look at, like, I love when you can chop down a business and think in the, the way that, let's say that a Phil Spencer does or a Sarah Bond or Sean Layton, for that matter. I absolutely love being able to say, oh, you know, this is, I think, what's good for business or what Triple H used to say, what's best for business if you watch wrestling. (laughs) Um, About the game and how you play it. Right. (laughs) So it's a very analytical mindset. And I feel like Jack Ryan, to me, is not gamer friendly. He's very business. What can we do to generate the most money? There's nothing wrong with that per se. But when you have that mindset and you don't kind of marriage the two, it's kind of like you're setting yourself up for failure. That's mm-hmm. just my personal opinion. I gotcha, you, gotcha. You. Do you feel like the way you kind
0: of look at the way Sony has been doing things with the remakes, do you feel the same way about Nintendo where they basically remake the same kind of games from older generations and
1: resell it for $60? The reason why I give Nintendo a break is because Nintendo, what they do flawlessly, they don't compete with Xbox and PlayStation. They know they have a crowd. In their crowd, every five to ten years, rotates. And what I mean by that is, if there are children that were born at the start of the Switch generation, by the time the Switch generation ends, here's a new Nintendo console, they're going to want that. They've never played a Mario game before. they never played Mario 64 or Mario Sunshine. So they can repackage their games, because they're not aiming at me and you, the consumer that's been here for a while. They're aiming at that younger generation, that Five to, let's say, 15. And that's what they just keep recycling because realistically, Nintendo's been selling us the same Zelda, Mario, Kirby game since they started getting into the console market. There's nothing that's changed outside of the 3D space and the technology, but they continuously sell us the same type of game. It could say Mario 2023 on it. There's going to be nothing different about that game. Like the recent one, which I'm not knocking them for, don't get me wrong. The recent one, the, I think what the biggest switch was, you threw a hat on someone's head. Mario Odyssey. Like that. That's it. Okay, you switch that up, but essentially it's still the same Mario game. You're jumping on the little mushroom, the... Koopas. I don't know Koopas, thank you. <laughs> you're jumping on the Koopas head. You're hitting the golden box to get a coin. It's It's the same premise. The Mario game is still the same. So I don't hold them to a standard and I don't think Nintendo... Is how can I word this? I don't think Nintendo's putting themselves in a putting pressure on themselves to compete with a Halo, to compete with a God of War. Two different markets, two different ways of getting their products out. Uh, I think that I think
0: you're right in the mindset. I do think there is a disconnect of being customer friendly. And when you compare smart delivery, and we just talked about the lack of a smart delivery system on PlayStation, it's and like Nintendo released Mario, like a Mario 3D collection to where that could have been a smart delivery type of system where if you bought that game once, you can carry that game forward. I do agree with you, like release the game for generations who haven't bought that game before. But what happens to the the customers and the fans that have bought this game three times over by now with the ones who've bought it, bought it on the GameCube, then bought it on the Wii U, then also bought it on the switch, you know, like, what about those people? Are we just okay with them basically paying $180 when it's all is said and done just for to re-experience the same game again, you know?
1: I completely agree. And I think for me, I kind of look at certain things where voting with your wallet. Consumers, mm-hmm. no matter what company, like if you look at Nintendo, Xbox, or Microsoft, Sony, you could even throw Apple in the mix. You tell the companies what you want. Because you, the consumer, are what's floating these businesses, is what's keeping them alive. And if you decide, I'm not paying for this, and that game does not sell, that sends them a message. So I would always caution and urge people to vote with your wallets. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Like. If you feel like an injustice is
0: done in the gaming world, or just any any economic situation, float with your wallet, everyone. Like you, do not necessarily have to go with the flow of the river if you don't if you don't like what they're selling you. So, for sure, keep that in mind. Let's switch gears here. I want to talk about you talked about this in the get to know you portion of the show where you talked about how to highlighting diversity. Diversity is something that means a lot to me as well as a chocolate man in a in. Podcasting and gaming and print, basically life, we always feel like, well, we are the minorities in a lot of situations, and we don't quite get the highlighted, uh, I guess you say, attention that we deserve or the platforms we deserve in a lot of ways. And it's not just us; there's a lot of mar- you know marginalized groups out there, so to speak. So, why did you take up the the cause uh, to raise awareness towards diversity?
1: I think. It hit me in two thousand and eighteen when I took my uh, nephew to go see Black Panther, and not Black Panther, I'm sorry. Two thousand sixteen, mm-hmm. I took him to go see Captain America: Civil War, and when Chadwick Boseman took the helmet off and it was T'Challa, he looked at me. and he was like, "Oh my God, he looks just like me!" And like, I'm sitting in theater getting choked up. I'm like, "Wow!" And I equate that to any medium. I think it's about time. The gaming industry has been around since the 80s, maybe even the 70s, if I'm not mistaken. But mm-hmm. it's it's been around way too long to not put people of Asian descent, African descent. Everyone doesn't have to have blonde eyes. I mean, blonde hair, blue eyes, or green eyes to sell a game. And I want, like, even when it comes to Call of Duty, I want to play a game where I can pick a character that looks just like me. I don't want to have to put myself in the shoes of another character that basically I'm just sitting here like, eh, okay, cool. Miles Morales, Spider-Man for PlayStation. That game, seeing the reaction of people online when that game came out and seeing how they captured New York. If anyone's ever gone to New York, I go there very frequently. If anyone's captured New York and you go into a Harlem, but like Spanish Harlem, or the Bronx, or Brooklyn, you see that diversity. You see Dominican culture, African culture, Jamaican culture, just a a melting pot, if you will. And they captured that. The little things when it comes to, let's say, how a Black man should look in the game, like the shape-up. Any person who's ever had a son or you've gone to a barbershop, you know the shape-up is very crucial. When you look at, let's say, Redfall, and you see the black woman with the puffy curly hair Mm -hmm. that stuff matters you know and to me it's about high time where it's like no i'm sorry i'm black i want to see me represented on on in any medium that i touch whether that's anime whether that's cartoons whether that's video games most certainly it shouldn't be just relegated to NBA Two K twenty three or twenty four, whatever that is. It shouldn't be just a Grand Theft Auto. You know, when it comes to, and I'm speaking obviously because I'm black, mm-hmm. we aren't just side, we aren't just side characters for laughs. We aren't just the thugs in Grand Theft Auto. We we are CEOs. We are millionaires and billionaires and congressmen, presidents, vice presidents. So. I think it's about time that there needs to be proper representation. And if it's not, sorry to say, you're just not getting my money anymore.
0: Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Um, do you feel like the industry is leaning towards uh, or at least representing us a little better? This is a step in the right direction with games like Miles Morales with Deathloop with Forspoken now coming out where like the main story characters, not even where you can pick a character, the main story centric character is, uh, you know, like a person of color like us. Do you feel like this is a step in the right direction?
1: I would say it's getting there, but for an industry that's been around for this long, it's getting there. I'll just say that. It, mm. it it's getting there, but it's not moving in the right amount of speed that I would like. Yeah, it it does
0: seem like progress, just like everything is like progress is slow. It it never feels like it happens as quickly as it needs to. So, I had a guest um who you know, is also Black and works in video games. And he had the suggestion or the mentality, so to speak, of that we need to get more of us into into the manufacturing of games. We need to get more people on the development side of things because, like, there's not enough of us inside to actually raise voices of, like, hey, this character's edge up is all wrong. You know, like, "We, we should approach it like this. Or, hey, you don't, like, our beers do not grow like this. Like, are hey, like, we do not speak in this manner. Or if there's more of us making games, we can also push for characters that look like us and then talk like us and actually, like, showcase the best elements of us. So how do you feel about that? Do you feel like that's the way to go? Or do you feel like we should, you know, like, this mission kind of should go in a different direction than that?
1: I'm not disagreeing with that individual said. However, it's, you have to show people how to get in to, let's say this industry, mm-hmm. because if you, let's say, and this is a deeper conversation, but how do you get people to say, you might have a kid in the inner city, for instance, that says, oh, I'd love to make games one day. They don't know how to do that. That it's not, these programs aren't taught in school. So again, it takes companies to step up and do these STEM program initiatives. Xbox has a program that I think it's still going on where they're looking for young people of color to show them this side of the industry, to show them how to do this. And I love that. And to me, this is the only company that's doing it. So again, it's an onus on all these companies of, if this is what you truly want, If you don't know how to do it, you can ask your Black employees, your Asian employees, whoever, or even hire a consultant to say, hey, help us break these initiatives. Help us break these barriers. You have streamers out here that can help you. So it's to me, it's not a, I don't want to call it an excuse. If companies want to do it, they'll do it. And the excuse of, oh, we don't know where to start when you have a computer that you call your cell phone in the palm of your hand every single day. So to me, I don't want to say it's an excuse, but it's an excuse.
0: Yeah. Like, um, the program you're referring to is the GamerHeads from Xbox. Mm -hmm. Very powerful program. I'm right there with you. I I love what Xbox is doing with this because I'm like, I love the fact that you have, you're putting this knowledge in young adults and young kids like hands to where they can utilize this and even if they don't pursue a career in gaming they can take that information and learn how to code in different aspects they can learn how to do like different things in it it's just it's empowering us through knowledge and and i feel like that's that's so valuable i completely agree yeah that's so valuable well Diversity, do you usually play or usually highlight diversity on the streams in different matter, like manners? like how, is, how does that usually work on your show?
1: So I play... I will play any game. let's say hypothetically, that I find intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. So if it's a game like High on Life where I'm able to choose the ethnicity of my character, I'm going to choose a character that looks like me. Uh, Phasmophobia, same thing. A game like God of War... I've never played on stream. I can't imagine and I'm not saying this as a bad thing. It's just picking my PlayStation up, dragging it all the way downstairs, (laughs) hooking it to my PC, and then taking it back upstairs. So I try to in my streams and then the streaming group that I'm with Minnow, we do things throughout the year, probably like every month, that we highlight different people of color, streamers or content creators, or even people within the industry. So that's kind of our initiative as a group and individualistically that's our initiatives and goals throughout what we do in streaming we look at things from let's say the black perspective or we have some pacific islanders who are in our group as well so you're playing these games through and enjoying it through that the perspective of a person of color yeah that's dope that's dope so the group that you're
0: in, um, and like how frequently do y'all normally do these highlights, so to speak?
1: Without going into detail about next year, uh, this year was um, all over the place. So we kind of did them quarterly. Next year, we're probably going to do them once a month. And then obviously for, let's say, Pride Month or, you know, Black History Month or the themes of every month, we're highlighting people of color throughout the month of the year. Oh, that's that's such a good idea. I like that.
0: I really do. I want to talk about the games that you think other people should check out. So, what are some of the games? Yeah, <laughs> what are some of the games that really speak to you that you want to shout out that you think people should check out?
1: Ooh, you put me on the spot because yeah, it. <laughs> I would say Vampire Survival. That's on Game uh-huh. Pass. There's another one, and it's gonna kill me that I can't think of it. As I stall, as I look for it as we speak. Um, <laughs> what, what platform? It's everything I'm about to say is on Game Pass. <laughs> okay, okay. So, Psychonauts 2, I absolutely do love that game. Valorant is another game that I love. Mm-hmm. If anyone hasn't played Cuphead, again, you can play this on any platform. Definitely play that. And then I would say the Life is Strange series, actually. Ooh, really good call. Really good call. Those are very good story narrative driven games that i fairly enjoy yeah
0: out of the life of strange series which one of the games do you recommend to people to play the most is it true colors i would definitely say true colors mm-hmm. yeah i think true colors is a really good game and surprisingly fun gameplay because i know a lot of people knock the life on strange series and say it's more like an interactive story almost like uh I you know, people have that stigma against point and click adventures, regardless, they're still games, but like I think uh, Life on Strange has a really cool like gameplay element to it that people don't normally see in the point and click genre mm-hmm. as well. I completely agree. Yeah. So um out of the Life is Strange games, do you have a characters or any character that really speaks out to you? What I would about say... those games like really stand
1: out to you? I would say what stands out, and I don't necessarily say it's any one character. I think what stands out to me the most is the theme of it, where basically you are, it's communication. Mm -hmm. Like in the new game, it was one where the woman, I'm not going to spoil anything. Yeah, for sure. A tragic event had happened. And this woman that runs the flower shop, she suffers, I want to say it's Alzheimer's, I want to say. Yeah. Which, you know, she forgets a lot of things. And it's that theme of communication where the young girl in the beginning, and it's been a minute since I played this game, so names <laughs> kind are going to escape me. The young lady who is the main character goes out of our way to help her remember things. And to me, it's if every day we as humans do something to embetter somebody's lives and enrich their lives, something like that, it doesn't take much to help somebody out in their day. And she did not have to do that. So to me, it's that theme of communication. It's that theme of being a better person. And that's what drew me into it. No, that's good. That's
0: good. So you're playing high on life as well, which what really drew you into that game? Is it the comedic style or you're Rick and Morty fan? or I'm a huge Rick different? and Morty fan.
1: I haven't watched a new season yet, so don't kill me. Okay. But yeah, I'm a huge Rick and Morty fan. And then it's the thing when I first saw it at their Xboxes, media showcase back this summer and i'm like okay what is this game and then i hear more the guy, person who plays morty his voice is the gun and i'm like oh okay cool and i yeah. didn't know it came out actually and i had saw a streamer playing it and i'm like dying laughing the entire time so i would definitely I like i absolutely love highland
0: life yeah Justin a roiland is the, the the name you were thinking of for the guy who plays Morty in the show and also like a lot of the other characters in Rick and Morty and in High on Life but like Mm -hmm. he is such a talented voice actor but but he's so recognizable like when you hear the the pistol the the initial gun you play as and you can just hear his voice like it's that Morty ism of his voice but I'm playing the game right now as well I'm probably about six hours into it I think I've killed about five uh, five out of the eight bosses so I'm progressing pretty steadily. I'm enjoying it. I do think like some of the, I guess you could say some of the action and the waves that they throw at you gets a little repetitive, especially mm-hmm. like the, it's kind of a loop that they repeat over and over again, where you basically like, you go to an area, you mow down like four or five waves of different enemy of like the same six type of enemies. And you kind of like, you might have a mid tier boss that you kind of play against, or you might just have a straight up boss. But mm-hmm. I think the gameplay of uh, like the gameplay combat elements is actually its weakest aspect. What I do think is the strongest aspect is the storytelling, the world building and some of the, and the characters, you know, the characters are really good in this game. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree. And I'm only on the second boss. So mm-hmm. yeah. So um, second boss so far. Yeah. How do you like the, the dialogue between you and your weapons?
1: It's interesting because that, As I try to remain professional as possible, a lot of the dialogue is kind of how me and my friends joke with each other in Mm -hmm. a lot of different ways. So I'm like, okay, I'm accustomed to this. But then it's interesting. I I will say that. And it's the dialogue that I would expect from the creators of Polar Opposites and Rick and Morty. So it's right on brand for them. Yes. I'm going to tell you, like, the the knife, when you first get the knife, kind of really surprised me.
0: <laughs> I, I was not expecting that type of character in this game.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I wasn't expecting that either. And he, like, when you grab the knife and just mm-hmm. how bloodthirsty he is. <laughs> but it makes sense because when you grab a combat knife, mm-hmm. a combat knife is meant to kill. So yeah. it, it makes sense when you really think about it.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I'm loving the game. I, I don't think it's quite, like, God of War or our Elden Ring level by no means, but I do think it's a fun experience. I'm having a good time with it. And, you know, for lack of better of, like, I love the way that it just feels like a Rick and Morty episode. Like, this feels like, you know that, I think it's a couple of episodes they have on Rick and Morty where they call it like, was it, interdimensional cable? Where like, oh, yeah. They- Yeah, where they watch like just random things that are going on in the universe. This feels like an episode of like the interdimensional cable that Rick and Morty would be watching. I completely agree. Yeah. And I don't know. It feels like they mixed, uh, we mentioned Ratchet and Clank earlier. It feels like they mix Ratchet and Clank's like gunplay. And you'll see as you progress later when you get different guns in the game, like it feels like Ratchet and Clank mixed in with like doom which is on game pass by the way people you should check out doom and it feels like those games were kind of mixed in together and then you threw like rick and morty's like world building and and like comedic elements on top of that mixture and this is what you got as a result oh i completely agree with that yeah for sure for sure so calisto protocol is another game you're currently playing right now what's the initial thoughts for that game? Because I went into that a little... I,
1: I came out of that a little mixed. I don't like the combat at all. Um, the same. Same here. If I'm not mistaken, I could be 100% wrong. I believe the creator of the original Dead Space is yeah. on this Yeah, uh, some of the team from Dead Space made this game. So while I'm not expecting a copy and paste of combat, I expect it better than what I received. So... For lack of better terms, the story is still the story is what's keeping me. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Hey,
0: I, I'm right there with you. Like I'm not a horror fan myself. I'm a pretty much a chicken boy. So when it comes to horror stuff, but I do admit, like I love sci-fi, and this feels like good sci-fi. But the combat and the stiffness of the movements and the melee are really kind of turning me off here. I don't like. I don't like that this game feels like Punch Out. It feels like a boxing game to where. Where, the t- where your top is completely the part where you're doing the dodging and your legs kind of feel like they're stuck in one place, so to speak, while you're dodging. So it kind of feels like Punch-Out. It kind of feels like a lesser-tier version of Fight Night, like round three, where you're trying to like dodge at the correct moment to slow down time to hit a melee attack. It feels like a mixture of like a combat element that was put into the wrong genre of video games.
1: Okay. I- I- 100%. I, I don't even have anything else to add to that. i am <laughs> right there with you. Yeah, so do you think you're going to finish this game? Probably not. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but probably not. This is probably going to be a game where I'm like, eh, if there's a lull in between something, I'll redownload it, but probably not. No. So is there? Is this the your most disappointing game of the year for 2022? I would say, yeah. I definitely probably would. I mean, I didn't have much weight in it to begin with. I just said, oh... oh this is gonna remind me of Dead Space and uh, and it didn't. So I wouldn't say it's the most disappointing. And I can't even think of what the most disappointing game this year for me. Saints Row, Gotham Knights, any of those? You hit it right on the head.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, we're vibing here. We're vibing here. You know, as a person who enjoyed the Grand Theft Auto games back in the day and really enjoyed what Saints Row brought to the table as a good alternative to those, I was pretty disappointed with those games, that the newest iteration, the 2022 Reboot. Did you feel the same way?
1: I was never a fan of Saint Row to begin with because I was always a Grand Theft Auto person. So I didn't mm-hmm. really have thought process going into it. So I was, my expectations were on the floor. And then when I played it, it pushed me through the floor where I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, well, this was a waste,
0: so. Yeah, and as a Batman fan, him being, like, your favorite DC
1: character, how'd you feel about Gotham Knights? Gotham Knights was, I think, not even so much, let's say, Batman's my favorite DC character. When you come off of the Arkham trilogy and you're marketing it in a way where it's kind of bridging off of that, and then you get it and it's like, what is this? Like, I would have hate to be in WB Montreal shoes because you had to compete against Rocksteady. And I mm-hmm. think that's very unfair. But the game just wasn't enjoyable. Like, I remember just playing with friends and I'm like, alright, let's just level up these characters as high as they can go so we can just skip straight through the end of the game. Because at this point I was just like, I just want to beat it so I can delete it off my Xbox. And that's literally where I was. Where I just said I just wanted to delete it. And that's I finished the game on Monday and couldn't wait to get that off my hard drive. Uh, I understand completely. Let's talk about you being an
0: Xbox gamer real quick before we get to the the latter parts of the show. You primarily play games on you know your Xbox and PC for the most part, right? Yes. Yeah. So, what which type of Xbox did you do you have currently? The Series X. Series X. So, did
1: you get it at launch, or have you? Is this a recent did. buy? Okay. I got it at. I got two of them at launch. And it was so weird. because I remember they're like, oh, it goes on sale at 10 a.m. And I'm like, cool. And I went to the games. and I don't like that store. But I went to GameStop and I was in line. And they're like, oh, they only have Series S's left. I'm like, I'm not getting that. And mind you, don't get me wrong. The Series S is the best, is literally the best value in gaming. Only reason I didn't want that was because I have an OLED TV. Mm -hmm. I want 4K gaming. And... Amazon, I think theirs went on sale at 11 that morning. And I'm refreshing the page, refreshing the page, refreshing the page. And I finally secured one. I'm like, ah, oh, yes. So then a friend of mine was like, I can't find one. So I went back to Amazon and was able to grab him one as well. But um, uh, Series X, ugh, the Series X, since that was the first one announced, I was like, oh, no, I'm getting that day one. Like, I mm-hmm. have to get this day one. So you...
0: So since you got it at launch, you've had two years with this console. Like I also got mine very close to launch for the Series X as well. How do you feel about two years later?
1: Two years later, is there room to grow? Yes, absolutely. Am I blind in the fact that the gaming industry is still shifting out of the pandemic? No, I'm not blind to that at all. So have I been able to give these companies grace? Absolutely. Because I mean, it was a shift from, let's say, going to a campus, let's say at Microsoft or wherever you you work and you have crazy Internet speeds because that's what the business pays for versus going home to work and you don't have those Internet speeds. So I think to me, I have been able to give grace to say, OK, you know, two years in, it's it's been OK. But I do think 2023 and beyond, I'd like to see fruits of the labors of the acquisitions that Microsoft has made. That's what I would like to see. Okay. So Phoenix, I'm going to ask if you, you know, if
0: Sarah Bond and Uncle Phil came to you and were like, hey, we're going to make whatever game you you want us to you make. We want to hear your suggestion for the next big Xbox
1: game, Xbox exclusive. What game would you pitch to them? It wouldn't even, let's say, be a big game. I know exactly the game that I would uh, have them go with. Give me a Viva Pinata. What you want a, a reboot or a sequel? What what are we talking about? Here? You can give me a full on reboot or, or, I think it's high time Banjo Kazooie comes back. Okay, okay. The return of the banjo. Return of the banjo. So I,
0: I'm right there with you. I think I think it's time to for Xbox to flex their muscles and give us some more platformers and give us some more mascots, mascot representation. We need that. You know, PlayStation has that. Uh, you know, God knows Nintendo has that in spades. We need Xbox to show up with some some mascot representation there. So I'm right. I there completely agree. I completely agree. Yeah. So Viva Pinata or Banjo-Kazooie. I like those. I like those. So Phoenix, you know, we've reached the the most dire part of the show so far. Like, this is the part that makes or breaks people. We've had to call the paramedics in for a couple of people because the, the, the stress, the magnitude of this moment got to be too much for them. And, you know, this, this moment kind of really defines who you are as a person. You know, whether you come out of this as a, a god like Kratos or as a chicken that you might stomp on in Banjo-Kazooie. So, are you ready for this moment? I am, and I see you're representing the House of Slytherin, so... (laughs) Gotta represent. Gotta represent. Get over here! So, coincidentally, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because it is time for our segment. So, do you think you're a pro nerd? We'll see. (laughs) And in this segment, we have, for those of you who've never... Listen to the show before this is the segment of the show where we have our pro nerd report trivia section where we test our guest mantle where we see if they earn the mantle of pro nerd as it stands right now the record is that we've crowned only one pro nerd where he is or that person has answered all five questions correctly you know before that our record was tied for multiple people with three questions that they were able to answer correctly the rules goes as follows you, as the guest, will be asked different questions within different realms of nerdom, um and geekdom. We have... Question, each question will be in a different area, a different area of expertise. You might get some in Harry Potter, Star Trek, Lord of the Rings, etc., etc. You... You only get a short amount of time. We don't time you because I feel like that's rude and I don't want to rush people. People think at certain times, but you can't take all day on these questions. And we, you know, we have an honor system here. We live by the code of honor or else, you know, we, we do have a boogeyman on foul that will come to your house and drag you into the street and <laughs> force you to eat raisin cookies. So, you know, we, we trust our guests will not cheat on this contest. Everyone's pretty honorable on the show. So. All that said, and you you quoted him earlier. As the game once said, are you ready? Of course. All right. So our first question, our first question is in the realm of Harry Potter. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> My dear sir, how familiar are you with the IP known as Harry Potter? On a scale of one to 10, I'm at a three and a half. Oh, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. So on Harry Potter, we have a... Crazy question that if you are a Harry Potter fan, you might feel confident about it. If not, you know, this might be like the biggest W2EF kind of question you, you can possibly get. So, in the realm of Harry Potter, can you please name the four Tri Wizard representations for that were in the Tri Wizard tournament?
1: I cannot <laughs> wait. It, I know. Okay, hold on. The uh, hmm. Are you are talking about the actual people that did the
0: the one the the members the four people who participated in the Triwizard wizard tournament
1: cedric what is that man's last name
0: Mm-mm-mm. no 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 so far i mean i'm i'm not going to tell you if you got it right okay. right now but yeah
1: like you're on the right track i will tell you that cedric d d something i just know his first name is cedric okay um harry potter okay it was The goodness, the the girls who walk and then they do that uh, thing and the butterflies come up. All I know is those two. That's it. So no, I don't know. Okay, are you tapping out? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know that one. (laughs) Okay,
0: okay. I normally tell you the answers of the missed questions at the towards the end of the 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 round. So be on the lookout for that. So, but uh, so you missed one. So but you still have an opportunity to get the last four right. You know. Coming out of that first question, how do you feel about the trivia portion so far? Oh, you know, no sweat, right? <laughs> that's that's the right attitude to have. So, our next question is in the realm of these things, these little critters that they call, like to call Pokemon. Okay. How familiar are you with the these Pokemon characters? Somewhat, some somewhat, somewhat familiar. Okay, okay. So, there is a Pokemon, Pokemon, as we say in the in in the mean streets. By the name of Polywag. Have you heard of this, this little critter?
1: Yeah, polywag uh involves the polyworld in yes, three-stage evolution, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. What does a polywag have on its chest?
1: Is it like the little circle thing? Hold on, wait a minute. It's a poly I don't. Mm. I wanna say it's like a little, it's a circle. But it goes in kind of like the, if I were to draw a tornado, so to speak, it looks like a a counterclockwise or a clockwise circle on its chest, if I'm thinking about the right one.
0: That's an example. Uh, we will accept that answer. You know okay. what? We'll accept that answer. The What we had written down was squiggles. <laughs> like, uh, <a> okay. Squiggle, <laughs> like squiggles a, a cyclone squiggle, so to speak. So I think that's a very accurate representation of what that actually is. So okay. you got one correct. So you okay. got one for sure. So, so far, you, you've gotten one correct and you missed one. In the realm of Lord of the Rings, how familiar are you with these, these Lord of the Rings folks? Sort of, kind of. Okay, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. So in Lord of the Rings, there was a character, a character by the name of Frodo. Do you remember Frodo's last name? Just uh, just a side question. Baggins. Yes. There was a character by the name of Frodo Baggins. He traveled with these other hobbits to basically destroy this ring. His, side, his main character they traveled with was named Samwise. What were the two names of the other two hobbits? I'm
1: going to scream. Because the funny thing is <laughs> I knew this as a kid. I don't know it now. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna anger me. I don't know it now because it was Frodo Samwise Gamchi.. Mm-hmm. And I think the two were brothers. if I'm not mistaken. No, were they brothers? I can't remember honestly. Okay, okay.
0: okay. so are you tapping out? I am tapping out. Okay, no,
1: no harm in that one. That one was that
0: one could be fairly difficult. So the next question though. It's in the realm of PlayStation. Oh, I'm going to fail. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you're not familiar with uh, the PlayStation universe, huh? We can go for it, though. I'm, I'm all okay. for it. Okay, so in PlayStation, there was a lizard mascot in the, the 90s and the 2000s that was very famous for a very short stint of time. He appeared in a video game that he was named after. So, what is the name of this lizard-like mascot?
1: I'm just going to say gecko. Something gecko. No, I know I'm wrong, but my answer is gecko. (laughs) Okay. Well, sadly, you were very close. The
0: the creature was a gecko, indeed. He was a gecko, but his name was Gex. That's what... Okay, yeah. All right. (laughs) So, Gex. But, you know, that, that was stupidly close. That was insanely close. I, I respect that. Your final question is in the realm of Marvel. Are you familiar with Marvel? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. All right. In the realm of X-Men, there's an X-Men who who was famous for the ability to be able to man- manipulate and change the weather. What is that X Men's full name? Aurora Monroe. Okay, uh, what's her code name? Storm. There you go. You got two corrects. <laughs> right. When you said that, I was like, okay. Uh- <laughs> you wouldn't believe that would probably trip somebody up. The full name, though, like the code name, you know, seems like Leia, but the full name. That oh, one, yeah, Aurora Monroe. Okay, so let's go back to the questions you missed, Joey. You already heard about the Gex one, the Hobbits. That were also in the fellowship, where you got the first two correct. Do you remember them?
1: Samwise Gamgee and Frodo Pagans.
0: Yeah. And then you had Mary and Pippin.
1: Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> and I think one of their last names was Pedigrim. something. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yep. And then you had the Hogwarts based question, um, your Harry Potter based question. The four people who participated in the Tribe tournament, you had. Harry and Cedric, Cedric mm-hmm. Diggory. Okay, Flair Delacour. She was one of the. She was the girls you mentioned who had the the power to walk by and basically mesmerize people. She also, you know, kind of, very much shit the bed in that in that whole <laughs> little tournament. Uh, sadly, yes. but and then you had the youngest seeker to win the World Cup. Do you remember his name now? With the the hint. Nope. Victor Crumb.
1: That's it. And Victor Crumb actually grew up, if I'm not mistaken, I'm thinking about the right person. He was the villain in Crete too, I think. What Was he the, the villain? Was he? In the someone told me this. Let me make sure. Someone told me this.
0: I'm like, was he that guy?
1: I feel like I'm wrong on that, though. Don't quote
0: me. I mean, you could be. I know I know he was in the movie The Hostel, Last Man Down, and The Cloaking, but I don't remember Creed 2.
1: Hmm.
0: Let's see. Mr. Giblets, the fact checker, has informed us that Victor, Victor Drago was indeed played by another man by the name of Florian Montuo. Mm. So, a different guy. He looks very similar, though, so I, I will give you credit for that, but... Different guy entirely. So you did pretty well. How do you feel about your performance in,
1: in that? I feel I did. I'm good. I mean, I should know about these Marvel answers because huge Marvel fan. So I, I, I'm glad that one came out correct. I thought well. you were gonna say, oh, what was Spider-Man's first appearance in Marvel Comics? And i have been like, oh girl, I, I don't know that one. I, I feel like that's that's a stupidly unfair question because
0: unless you're like comic book nerd to to end all be all on all comic book nerds, I feel like the average person wouldn't get that. And I like to at least get care like get kind of questions that I feel like the average person has a fair shot at. So I actually thought the the poly world, uh, the polywag question would be like the hardest question for you though.
1: That was easy.
0: Ninety mm-hmm. skin. Yes, very much. Yeah. So yeah, that that makes sense now. That kind of adds up. So, Phoenix. Before we go though, I have two last questions. The first one is where can the good people find you?
1: You can find me on the twitters, uh, King Phoenix four four three. You can find me on Twitch under Phoenix four four three there as well. Those are the two main platforms that I use. TikTok, I'm listed under King Phoenix 443 as well. I tend to post some stuff on there. I haven't really quite figured that whole thing out. But yeah, those are the platforms that I generally am on.
0: Okay, okay. And then the last question I have, I like to do... You know when you go to a drive-thru and wherever it be, like Starbucks, McDonald's, wherever you like to frequent, and that really nice thing happens to you where the person who hands you your food or, like, as when you drive up to the window and you're expecting to give your card or your payment. And they said, the person in front of you has paid for your order. Would you like to pass it forward? Yeah, Has that ever happened to you? It actually
1: has, oddly enough.
0: Yeah, so I like to do that something similar on this show to where... You as a guest have a, have a platform right now and I'd like you to pass on the goodness that you possibly can to our listeners. So what piece of inform- like advice, motivational speech or even just a quote that would you like to pass on to the listeners to just give them a piece of goodwill?
1: I would say the same thing that Danny Pena at Game Attack Radio and Paris Lily, who are good friends of mine, had told me when I first started this journey into the gaming industry almost 20 years ago at this point, if you want to get into podcasting, reviewing or covering the the industry as a whole, do it because it's fun. Do it because it's something that you want to do. Don't do it because you want codes and you want to do, you know, for free stuff. Don't do it for that. Once you make your mind up that you're doing this for fun, all of the E3s, the early access stuff that will come. It, it may take time. It could be 10 years down the road that you're still, you know, knocking on doors. You're gonna hear a million no's before you get that one yes. Someone will take a chance on you. But if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, literally, it will be it will be known. And the industry is very small. So I would say again, if you wanna do a podcast or you wanna be a Twitch streamer or a YouTube reviewer, do it because you want to do it everything else will fall into place at the time it's supposed to fall into place. That makes sense. So what other pieces of advice would you just give the average man who who doesn't
0: just want to be a, a big streamer or a, you know, reviewer? What's uh,
1: the the Phoenix advice there? I would say this is everyday advice. Live in the moment. Tomorrow has its own issues. Yesterday's issues have already passed. Live in the moment. Be present with yourself every day. And that's something that I'm going through as we speak because I'm a Virgo and we tend to worry about everything under the moon. You're a badass and you're awesome at anything that you touch your hands on. So just live in the moment and allow things to play out. That's a sweet message. My last final
0: question, we're recording this, you know, it's almost Christmas time, everyone. So... You know, if you hear this after Christmas, this is why I'm asking this question. Maybe you can relate to it after you hear the listen. So, Phoenix, what's going to be the, the entrees and the main dishes around the Christmas dinner this year?
1: Oh, God. See, I love to cook. So, mojo chicken, yellow rice, uh, red beans and rice. I don't do black-eyed peas until New Year's. I would say collard <laughs> greens. Yeah, that's a New Year's thing. <laughs> totally. um, Collard greens, sweet potatoes. I am ch- attempting to make jollof rice, and if no one knows what that is, it's a type of rice dish that comes from uh, Nigeria, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I would say those are the dishes. And honey, Jack.
0: Okay, okay. If if someone was invited to your your house for for Christmas dinner, what is the on the approved list for them to bring
1: and I tell everybody, I'll cook. I am a huge pro. Of, I don't eat everybody's cooking. So okay. just bring a
0: bottle.
1: Just, <laughs> just bring, bring a bottle. bottle. Okay, okay, okay. you. Gotcha,
0: keep gotcha. the party going. All right, okay. Don't bring no oatmeal raisin cookies to his house, everyone, because you will not be let in the door. You have to keep okay. it on the outside. You understand. hmm You're going to have to keep them in the car. <laughs> You're going to have to keep them in the car. Well, Phoenix, it's been really fun having you on the show. I'd love to have you back anytime you're available. You know, this has been a, such a fun conversation. Thank you so much for doing this and for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. And I hey, just, anytime you want me back, I'm more than happy to come back. Uh, sounds good. Sounds good. So what's your what's your sign off? Um, do you normally say peace? Do you normally say bye? What, what do you normally do in your podcast? I tend to say peace and vegan blessings. Okay. Okay. So from Phoenix himself, peace and being blessings from myself, everyone stay safe. Happy holidays. Stay gaming. And don't sweat the small stuff. Your, your moment will come and keep grinding, everyone. So from us to you, peace. That's a wrap for today's show. I want to give a special shout out to Phoenix443 for being on the show today. I also want to remind you that if you have questions that you'd like to be featured on the show, You can write those in at the pronerdreport.com slash the contact page, or you can also write in at the Single Player Experience Discord server. The Single Player Experience Discord server is also a great place to meet other single player gamers to talk about good single player game experiences that you've had lately, or just to get feedback on your video game backlog list. The link to join the free Single Player Experience Discord server is in the show notes. I want to thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you stay safe, stay gaming, and I hope to catch you in the next one. Peace.